Today's Braves Bits is brought to you by Mark Cuban's Cubano Sandwich. Did you know Mark Cuban is not Cuban, but he does enjoy a Cuban sandwich, a.k.a. Cubano? Cubano? More like Cuban, yes. Come on down to Mark Cuban's Cubano, and you'll be sure to enjoy this Cuban sandwich made from a Jew. Who knew? We got some Braves Bits. We got some Braves Bits. They're coming in hot, so ready or not, but Braves Bits. Do you know Mark Cuban? Cuban, yes. Cuban, yes. No, I had no idea. Hey, he's Jewish. He really doesn't come off as such. Not really. He's a, he's a, he's abrasive like a Jew. Some Jews, but he's he doesn't he doesn't have like the Jewish stereotypes. Should we tell new listeners that you're Jewish? Otherwise, they'll be like this guy uh, talking about Mark Cuban. <laughs> We're a couple of Jews, a couple of Jews who know who, who also eat ham, and we ham Juicy. it up. Juicy fruit. A thousand fruits delicious. Welcome to yes. Braised Bits, everybody. We're a fully submerged abacad. Episode 73? Episode 7, I believe so. It could be 74, but I'm pretty sure you're right. That's what happens when you get old. You say, what year is it? Oh, it's all the same. It all runs together. And it's like, it does, but also get over yourself. It you does. Yeah. Numbers don't mean much. Except when they're on CBS as a TV show in the 2000s. Numbers. That's huge. That's huge. We're, we're into it. We're fully submerged. We're grooving. How the hell are you, Lance? I feel like I haven't seen you since the 90s. You haven't seen me since last week. This is a long layoff that we've had. And we'll get layoff. to it. We'll, we'll foreshadow. I'm sure you'll explain why. We almost, I, I mean, I thought about starting a new podcast while. Surprised you did During it. your absence. In the, in the days of content that we live in, you always got to be turning out material. I'm surprised you didn't start a whole new, whole new empire without me. On Fox. Numbers on CBS, Empire on Fox. Great shows. Mark Cuban on ABC, Shark Tank. Bingo. We're, we're investing in the pod kitchen. We're our own network television. We are the network. New, new Jersey net work. Early, yeah. Promising, early. It's like a layup to go up to yeah, nothing. I'm just getting loose, starting to get a little warm. The chef's whites, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, just feels good to put the whites back on, you know? I haven't put the whites on in nine days, eight days, about numbers, the TV show, but the whites feel like a glove, Gary Payton. See, that's interesting because, so you only put your chef's whites on for the podcast, praise bits. So far, so far. <laughs> I thought about another instance and throwing on the chef's whites, like, like for an interview for a job or something, but not yet. <laughs> I, I put it on when I cook. Do you really? Yeah. That, make, that makes sense. That they're designed for cooking. That, that, I would love to see a video of you actually cooking with the chef's whites on. That'd be impressive. I think we should do one show where we both put them on stage. Absolutely. A stand-up show? Yeah. Be, and just not comment on it? Yeah. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. Well, I've been cooking. I, I've got a little meal prep for you, Lance. Hit me. I've got some good meal prep about you and some bad meal prep about you. What do you want uh -oh. to hear first? I want to hear the bad. You got to start with the bad, right? I'll start with the bad, then I'll get, then I'll give you the good. The bad, Lance. Bad, the bad, Lance. South, South Dakota. Dakota. Bingo. SD. Lance, there was a whirlwind of feedback about your reactions to my weather top nine last <laughs> last week. I heard from Brazerbacks all around this this fine country 
Um, Phil Jackson came to my defense, said you, you were just being too harsh on my weather days. There, he's, he said that he, he's he's experienced many weather days, weather locklears that's rained all day and has had a thunderstorm. I forget the other instance that I got slam bammed. I, I I heard from Al Roker. Our, he's a, he's a he's a huge Razorback. Al Al Broker is also a good real estate guy if you need him. He's a Razorback. He said he's a weather expert. He said that my weather top nine was spot on, hundred percent. Yeah, it's just the, the the weather feedback. People were saying you you were slamming me too hard. Sure, it sounds like your only source is Phil Jackson and Al Roker. <laughs> Pretty good sources. What'd you say, and, uh, Al Broker? I, I'll point to today. Today is actually a perfect day of what you're talking about. This is Wednesday, April 21st. Wednesday, Adams. New York City. It's according, if you looked at your weather app, which is a fake simulation of what the weather is, it said it was going to rain all day with thunderstorms all day. And I said to myself, this is actually a great test of Jesse's fake weather theory. It ended up raining for like two hours and there was thunderstorms. So it was cloudy all day. It seemed like it was raining all day, but did it rain all day? No. Now it's sunny. Now it's sunny. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. But the fact that the forecast was predicting no, that's, is, that's shows not, that it's possible. The weather app is a fake simulation. It's, it's not what the weather is. The weather yeah. is what happens outside. The weather app is just something that people have mistaken with the actual weather. I'm just saying it's possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> if the weather app can see it happening. It could rain all day and have a couple thunderstorms. You're my my QAV from several episodes ago, where my parents thought it was raining because the weather app said it was, but outside, no, they thought it was not raining because the weather app said it was not going to rain, but outside it was raining, and they were unsure if it was raining or not. If the phone says it, it's got to be true. Mm-hmm. Now for the good, the good, true the TV, good, fantastic channel. The good is really good. You're gonna love the good. Uh oh. Top Razorback Michael K. New, new, relatively new Brazerback. She's been, my, she, Michael K, has been binging Braze bits and gave some great feed whack. Listened to so many previous Braze episodes and I could not stop laughing when Lance said, BSB, what you did as long as you love me so quickly and normally in conversation. I don't remember the context, but that was something nice. And then she goes, and now whenever someone does something dumb or silly, I automatically think, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? So what are nice. you doing? Michael K. That's great. The pod, yeah. I mean, the pod is uh in my own my own households. Uh my wife just walks around saying, uh, know your body all the time. Oh, that's big. <laughs> that is huge. I'm that makes me very happy. Yeah. You gotta know her body and your body. Hopefully you know both know body. each other's bodies. She, she kind of just says, Know my body, Phil. <laughs> or know my body. <laughs> know my body. That's rich. That's yeah. real rich. I got some meal prep. My first item of meal prep, I actually forgot to talk about. I'm talking particularly with the New York accent today. I actually hear that. I, saw, I heard that. You're in Brooklyn. You're a Brooklyn boy now. That's like a Long Island accent when you, you say, like, I have a good idea. <laughs> I like that. That's, that's, is that Long Island? Adam Yar? I don't know, but they say it's like, it like, it's like more like Midwest. Oh, I've got an idea for you. No, that, that's it's Irish. being a murderer. Oh. <laughs> That's yeah. Scottish. I went to Rite Aid. This was like two weeks ago now. And the, the Rite Aid by me, the, the culture is to go to the in-person checkout. They're actually very good. They're one of the few of these types of places I feel like recently where the employees are like, 
good employees. They're like helpful, they're competent, they will take care of issues. And that's clearly the culture that everyone goes there. And it's like, if you do this, they have some self checkouts, but nobody uses them. Wow. I was there and I was in a rush and there was a long line. So I said, you know what? I'm going to use the self checkout. I don't want to, but I think it's an acceptable situation to use it. Okay. I check out, I forget a bag and I had too much stuff and I needed a bag. So they said, how many bags are you going to, are you going to have? And I, I clicked one and then I finished and I was going to go put everything in the bag. And then I looked over to the other self-checkout, no bags. So then I said, Oh, I'm, I guess I'm going to have to ask them for a bag and I'm sure they'll give me one. But then I look over, there's, there's two employees. They're both like, you know, checking out. I say, well, I can bother them, but you know what? I'm going to give this one back to the world to make up for Jesse's stealing of the bags. So this one is on me for you. On you, Blazer. So as you walk out with your stuff, you, you just, you palmed it? Oh yeah. I, I just kind of, you know, like Ben Affleck with the coffee. All right. Perfect. So now I can, I can get bags in the house. Let's do that more. Often. No, no, no. Next. That was it. That was, <laughs> that was forward. If you just emphasize, you, you should get one more bag. If you say you're getting two, get three bags for me. So that way it'll kind of equal out the, the karma. And for the break, there's no karma. It's just you're, t- you're taking these bags. Karma lounge. No, it works out. I appreciate that. That's good for me and you. I just did it this one time to give a little back for you. I'm not endorsing or saying this is any sort of arrangement. I also don't like taking bags because it costs money now. And it also, the less bags, something better. It sounds like the less bags you take, the better it is for the environment. I usually bring a bag, BYB, BYOB. What, what's, what's with all these people not using the self-checkout? They just they can't uh, ring themselves out in Brooklyn? I think it's a larger issue about, about the creep of technology and automation and how we can make these small sacrifices and then everyone will be miserable. It's a very, I can see it's like, a, I think it's a, it's a thing where the people who go there, it's a, it's a pleasant part of their day. Every, like the, the cashiers seem to know the customers. Sure. It's sure. a, it's an interaction. We don't, you know, yeah, we have the quick convenience, but at what, at what cost? I get it. Five cents for a bag, mental health also. I bring my own bag sometimes if I, if I remember it and I'm not like stopping there randomly, but also I feel like at Rite Aid and at CVS, they now have like the shaving razors behind the counter and certain things behind the counter that you have to ask and you have to kind of waste. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Rite Aid. So that's my first item of meal prep. My second item of meal prep is actually a question from Eric Seidel, the pod nemesis regarding last episode. Seidel asks, oh is Jesse unfamiliar with the concept of a cooler on the beach? In regards to what? So there was something said about, oh, his like tuna fish sandwich. And then you're talking about warm tuna fish on the beach. And I was like, it could be cold. And you're like, who has it? You can't have a cold sandwich on the beach. And to that, Seidel responds, have you heard of a cooler? Have you heard of a cooler? Seidel, have you heard of a cooler? I never heard of throwing in a tuna fish sandwich into a cooler. You throw in beverages into the cooler if you're going to the beach. You throw in a, a sandwich into the cooler, it's going to get soggy. He's throwing sandwiches into a cooler? That bread's going to get wet? That tuna fish is going to like sm- stink up the cooler? I've heard of a cooler, but I'm usually throwing in some Beverginos, a couple of Wobbly Pops, a couple of road sodas. A cooler for sandwiches? What are you doing? I think it's a perfectly acceptable and commonplace use for a cooler. What are you cooling a tuna fish sandwich for? You're keeping it cool. 
<laughs> but it's that, that that totally changes the whole chemistry of the sandwich. How would you know? You never had it. I, I've 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 had I've had soggy sandos that have been in a cooler. It starts the the ice like seeps into the bag and like the bread is wet. No one wants a wet sando. You gotta crush the sandwich yeah, or put it in tin foil and it's fine. Sandos out of his it's mind. okay to admit you're out of your element here. It's fine. I'm 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 in my element, Donnie, which is a movie reference to a movie I don't think you've ever seen. I saw it once, but I don't remember it, and I don't think I saw the whole thing. I'm in my element. When it comes to the beach, I'm keeping it cool. But a tuna fish sandwich, what are you doing? Throwing some fruit, throwing a fruit cup in the cooler, throwing something you want to keep, throwing throwing a anything but a sandwich. Still get soggy. Wade Soggs. <laughs> All right. Don't come after me with that side, though. Have I ever heard of a cooler? I am a cooler. I just, I just disagree. We're, we're not going to get anywhere here because you're being irrational, but sure. Throw in a sandwich. Brazerbacks let, remain, let us know. You throw in a sandwich, it's, it's going to change everything. What do you, what do you keep it a sandwich cool for? So it's chilled. You want a, now you want a chilled sandwich? <laughs> it depends on what the contents of the sandwich are. What kind of or chill? or you keep it chilled so it doesn't like like you have a turkey sandwich, right? Yeah, if it's if it's like a if wrap, you, if you make a turkey sandwich overnight, like say people make turkey sandwiches and then they put it in the fridge overnight and then they bring it to school or to work or whatever. When you go to an office or something like that, you take a turkey sandwich. Do you leave it out all day for lunch? No, you'll put it in the fridge. Put in the fridge, not get wet in the fridge. In a cooler that usually has ice in there, it's gonna get wet. Yeah, but you just put it in tin foil and it's fine. If you wrap it well, the water's not gonna get in. I don't know about that. Water always gets in. I know about it. Water always gets in. And thunderstorm happened during rainy days. Yeah. What a start. What a, what a way to get into it. You wanna get into some highlights? Yeah, let's do it. You got any highlights? I thought you were going to ask, I thought you were asking me if I wanted to get into highlights so you could tell me about your highlight. Partially, yeah. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mensch. I'm a good guy. I'm a, I'm a lot, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Get on base. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. My highlight is for the first time since the shutdown, I was able to do bits indoors this past weekend. Humongous. Huge. I did three shows at the Lantern slash Comedy Shop. Rocks River Yacht Club. And BRYC. It was great. It's um, you know, it's still a bit weird with the with the rules and the capacities and all that. But I feel like now I could finally go back to making progress in stand-up rather than treading water or sinking or whatever we've been doing for the past year with you know live stand-up. Um, you know, I have today's Wednesday, I think the next four days I have shows, you know, coming up. So it's like it's moving it's moving it's grooving of my three sets one was like terrific really good felt like i hadn't missed a beat one was not good it was one of those situations i followed uh, big bob Saki, who you know big bob he crushed Ooh. and then i was I, I i forgot how to follow someone who crushed so right. i just like didn't i just did fine you know i didn't do great and then another one was a, a sunday show and it was a smaller show and i was able to just, like work on stuff that's great so how are the, really the crowds on Saturday? Or I was in, uh, there Friday. Friday. Um, I was supposed to be there Saturday. Actually, I had to give up my spot 
um, because I was very sick. Oish. Yeah. Seem like you you bounced back. You've recovered. I've I've recovered. Yeah. But you know, I got a certain uh, health shot, and then I got very sick. Oh, there it is. And then I'm not going to talk about it because I think it'd be socially irresponsible. Or responsible. I just got very sick from the COVID vaccine to the point where I, it was bad. Look, look at you now. You're not, now you're fully inoculated. You were knocking on, inoculated on heaven's door, but look at you now, you bounced back. I was inoculated on heaven's door all of Saturday. I was on the floor, inoculated on the door. Wow. It was, uh, it, it was not good. But then you were able but, to do the show Sunday, a show Sunday. I was able to do it. We'll put it that way. Verified. Am I fully at equilibrium? I don't know. Will I ever be at equilibrium? I imagine. I hope I'm just so. not not a good person to talk to about it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, but it was uh, the comedy was great. Fantastico. And that's my highlight. Solid highlight. That's a great highlight. I I've I had a pretty good highlight last week. Well, Tell the, me. I have a couple couple highlights. Uh oh. I. I got like 10 highlights. First highlight, I, I would be remiss to talk about. These New York Knickerbockers are on a seven-game winning streak. Longest winning streak since like the 1940s. These New York Knicks are back, Lance. They're a pleasure to watch. Julius Randle making everybody better. They're playing team basketball, playing team defense. Tom Thibodeau has these New York Knicks. The, the Brooklyn Nets have Kyrie, Durant, James Harden, Blake Griffin. But the New York Knicks are the talk of the town. Just had, I got, I had to say it. So happy. And my other highlight, I went to Miami for a week. They call me Tan Marino. I got a little tan. I went to, I went to South Beach and visited my DeMarcus cousin. He moved down there. He's subletting a place there for the winter, right on uh, North Beach. Do you know that? I didn't even know it was North Beach. I know it was, you would think there's a South Beach, that there'll be a North Beach. Where there's, is the North Beach? You wouldn't believe this, Lance, but it is a bit north of south beach is it because it'd be like east beach is it east no it's north it's north of directly south north beach. of south beach yeah land it's land but it's right close it's, it's pretty much right on the water i was there for a full week i went in the ocean every single day made it a goal to get in the ocean every day it's just an absolute pleasure i feel like i recharged my batteries there's a, a lot, a lot of different things. Uh, I, I feel like I packed perfectly. I had a great packing job. I, I had one. I, I, I don't know if you ever had this at the end of a traveling vacation, when you, when you get to like the last day and you have just the perfect amount of clothes left. That That's to impressive. Me is it just? It, it what do you bring? Great. Break it down. What was so? This was a week trip. A seven week days. Trip. Yeah, seven days. I had an outfit for. I, I flew home last night. And I got home at 11, pretty, pretty late. I had an outfit for the day yesterday, then an outfit for the plane. Okay. So, and then I was- You're a plane? Oh, yeah, I could, clothing. I could definitely see you as a plane outfit guy, specific outfit for the plane. Oh, yeah. I, I put on some sweatpants and my lucky underwear, my lucky shirt. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a plane outfit guy. So, does, is this, do you have like a particular bat? Do you, like, are you bringing multiple suitcases? What's, yeah, paint us a picture. I do a backpack and I check the bag. I depending on how long I'm I'm going, but a week, I uh, I check the bag. No no regrets. Regret a Thunberg. 
just a backpack. And I also, inside of my checked bag, I brought a beach bag, like a little, like a little bag in a uh, bag, little knapsack, bag in a bag. Wow. Bag in a bag so I could bring to the beach. So I don't want to bring my big backpack to the beach. Bunch of bathing suits, bunch of nice shirts, bunch of underwear and socks. It all worked out great. You spent time in the city? I, I experienced, but went around to all the different boroughs. Got to, I've never really been to like Miami outside of going to like a heat game with my parents sometimes when we would go from Boca. But I was able to, we checked out South Beach, checked out the design district, went to Brickell, went to Little Havana. Got a, Brickell's a where like comedy is, right? I feel like. I think so. I didn't really seek out much comedy, to be honest. I felt like once I did that, yeah. I would want to do yeah, it. Yeah, then it's, it becomes about something else. Yeah. Yeah. But Brickle, I could see there being, it's kind of it had like a Brooklyn vibe to it. Um, I got a really good Mark Cubano in Little Havana at this place called yeah. Sanguich. Is that the one you, you sent me? Yeah, sent you a Yeah, pick. it looked good. It was incredible. So buttery. The meat was unbelievable. And then one of the best things that happened was my cousin didn't make many plans outside of like some a couple of nice dinners. He said, uh, would you want to do like a boat day? I have a couple of friends down here. We could like rent a boat and like go out on a boat and go tubing and, and stuff. And I was like, I'm going to be a yes, man. I'll, I would do that. But in the back of my head, I'm like, I kind of get nauseous on boats. I'm going to have to meet my cousin's friends. He said they're going to invite like girls. And I was like, I was getting a little nervous about it. But I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm in Miami. I haven't traveled in a year. I'm, I'm going to say yes. Uh, the day comes rolling around. And an hour before we head to the boat, the driver of the boat texts my cousin saying, I'm having engine problems. Boat's canceled. Best part of the trip by far. Canceled plans. What a relief, Erickson. I was able to just, all of my anxieties washed away. It was, it was the, probably the best part of the trip. The canceled plan. Canceled boat. You're canceled. Me too. And is there anything else? Uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. I went in the ocean a lot. Got a little tan. And uh, I feel, for me, I, I wouldn't have done this trip if I wasn't vaccinated. So I feel very fortunate to be vaccinated and felt more free to go sit inside of restaurants and, you know, lick the floors and, and all that jazz. I'm vaccinated. You are. I got the vaccine. You're fully vaxxed. Yeah. And waxed below. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a great, uh, a great trip, a great you talking about travel it's, it's making the wheels in my head turn where are you going with those wheels you trying to move and groove i might go on a plane i might go on a car i might go on a rebel scooter i can see you i can see you going on a rebel scooter throwing on no. one of those dirty helmets that everyone wears no. parking it in the middle of the street i i it, this trip it reinvigorated me wants me made me want to travel more maybe reminded me of what i love about traveling what do you love about travel jesse Lance, instead of me telling you, why don't I rank them in a top nine format? I, I like that. It's interesting because I actually did the same thing prior to the podcast. Terrell Pryor. Calvin Pryor. Richard Pryor. Let's burn this thing down. Let's burn ourselves down, Lance. Let's do our top nine things about traveling. And this isn't going to be like three of them are Hall of Fame and then we get injured like Mark Pryor. Bingo. This is going to be... We're throwing fastballs. We're throwing fastballs, but we got the longevity. This also isn't us playing basketball and picking up our dribble and still walking with the ball. We're not traveling that way. Yeah, We're double not. dribbling. Exactly. Top nine things about traveling. This should be, it should be a good one. This should be a good one. I'm going to lead off.
Chuck Knobloch. Then I'm going to ask you. I'm just going to do it. I'll, I'll let you lead off. All right. My number nine is this is a particularly a plane one when you're traveling by plane to somewhere. When you fancy, can see fancy. when you can see the new destination from the plane. Oh, Lance. Wow. That's a oh, that is that's good. That's that's a traveling man right there. That's a guy who's been there before. Oh yeah. I've got my suitcase. I check it. I don't check it. I actually try to not check bags for a week. There's something you probably you gotta check. It's unavoidable. Yeah, and I I just I feel like it's too stressful to, to do, uh, worrying about getting on the plane and putting it above. You, you really can. To me, that's just like that's, one last thing I, I don't want to think about. I feel like I've got. I mean, when I travel with Kate, there's like some sort of lotion or something that can't you know has to be checked. Yeah. Um, and then if I'm going for a long at a contact solution you can't check right i don't know i feel like if you're going for a certain amount of time there's usually something i try not to get things checked though because i mean it really really holds back the experience i'm always convinced that they're going to lose my bag right far too many times though i've 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 done that and they've told me that they check it at the gate and I just... when i when i travel when i've traveled with my brother checking a bag is like you might as well kill yourself your brother's very anti he's like you gotta get at it you know he's like he's all about efficiency i get it i get it but i mean going to miami and coming back to new york my bag was waiting me waiting for me at the at the uh the carousel i didn't even have to wait a second it, my bag like saw me usually you know you see your bag my bag like pointed to me and it was like here i am so maybe it's just me and my bag we have a connection i, that, I think that's the case yeah but when i'm a big window seat guy I, I'll choose the window seat at all times because you don't want to be in the action like that. My legs are too big. My calves, if I, if I sit in the aisle seat, my calves take up the whole aisle. Right. Right. Obviously the middle, you don't want to be in. That's the worst. No one wants to. So know. I'm, I'm preferring the window and it's like my own little area. I get to look at the window. I get to watch the map on the plane. But do you get self-conscious about asking to go to the bathroom? No, I mean, I'll go before and I'll go after. Maybe Usually, that. if it's a long flight, I'll go once, and that's what it is. I think the big reason is why you don't want people, the rest of the plane, walking past you to see you studying the map. And be like, I've walked by this guy two hours ago, and he's still looking at the map. I'll, I'll gladly stand up. I'll do a demonstration to the whole plane about how I look at the map. I would love to see it. I would love to, to go on a plane with you and just watch you watching the map. I mean, it's not like I'm constantly watching it. I'll check it every like few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I like to see how large the plane is relative to the other states. I like when it does like like turns. Turns are nice. Great thing. This is a great one though. The the looking outside of the window when you're getting your destination is a great feeling. I did not I do not have that. It's very good. My number eight is when the trip is winding down. And you realize you're aware. You're like, okay, I'm. This has been fun, but it's 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 getting. And you start taking like mental pictures of the experiences and of the places, and you store it. You say, I'm leaving, but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. I'm dipped in now, so I gotta kind of submerge myself mentally, so that when you know a few years goes by, I could I could think of these moments and these vibes and this energy. I'm leaving, I'm leaving on a jet plane. I like the concept of it, but I am a big actual picture, picture guy. Like all day at the airport yesterday, 
I was just scrolling my albums, looking at the pictures from the past week. And it was, it was awesome. I took pictures of the food, took pictures of the beach, took nude pics, no nude pics. You don't, you, I, I, I do understand the mental imagery, but we got, we got cameras in our phone, in our pockets these days. Yeah. But that's, that's a poor substitute for your emotional state. It's when, and we don't need to go into this, but spending the whole time taking pictures is an experience of taking pictures, not an experience of a vacation or a trip or doing anything except for taking pictures. I'm pictures not- are great. And I'm not saying there's no place for them, but I don't, I'm not, I'll, I'll look at pictures of my wedding and they're great, but they don't elicit a, like the feeling of actually what it was like for being there. I'm like, Oh yeah, this was a thing that I did. This is true. But Maybe it's a, it's a different maybe. thing. And I don't, pictures don't really do it for me. I get that hundred percent, but I'm, I'm a big picture guy. I, I like scrolling. I'm not like every, also, every moment, take a picture. You know what it is for me too. It's like, do you want to outsource your memory and your experience to something else that's not part of you? Cause that's what we do every day with everything. And at some point it's got to stop. This is true. I'm, I didn't, I, I think I put one thing on Instagram when I was in Miami but all these pictures are for myself. They're, they're for me to scroll through. It's not like I'm posting an album to Facebook. I, sure, I, yeah. I, I like to scroll. I know, I know I'm in the minority here, but it's just how I feel. Minority Report. Didn't see that one. Not bad. Was it Tom Cruise? Yep. Number seven is planning the trip. Studies show. And by studies, I mean things I've heard. Uh, I have no idea if they're true. That anticipation and remembering is better than actual things. And love planning a trip, love the decision. Okay, we're going here, looking at flights, booking, looking at trains, looking at cars, booking it, Devin thinking Booker. about going it, going to it. Kate is a big, I've noticed uh, when she has something to look forward to, it's huge. I think everyone is like that in a little bit. I'm like that, definitely. Uh, you say, all right this week is tough, but in three weeks, I'm going to Florida. I'm going to Miami. I'm going to eat some Cubaneses. <laughs> it gets you through having something to look forward to. I feel it gets you through my number nine is the planning. And yeah, just the idea of thinking about things to do. It depends on the vacation or the trip, but th- thinking about the meals, thinking about how you're going to structure your days. It's a, a great time. It's an open canvas that you can paint a lot of nice Cubanos. It's a great one. It's fantastic. It's my number nine, the planning of the activities before the trip. I get probably the most excited about the anticipation. I'm, I'm watching YouTube videos, I'm watching YouTube vlogs. I'm watching people vlogging themselves on the beach so I can picture myself on the beach. You're researching what you're going to do during the days. It's, it's the absolute best. Asking your friends for recommendations, even though like, you're probably not going to take them up on it. You just want to ask them to tell them you're going somewhere. Asking random people for things like, oh, have you been here? Oh, I've been there. You should tell them I sent you. It's, it's a great thing. That's always a dangerous one, asking recommendations, because certain friends, if you say, hey, I'm going to this place, they get so aggressive. And then you they have follow to up. go to the beach shack. Yeah. Did you go to the beach shack? And then you, the vacation becomes about going to the beach shack. Right. It ends up being mediocre. And what do you say? Then you resent them for forcing you. You don't have to trust them anymore. Yeah. But it's a nice thing to have some things in your back pocket if you're going to a new place that people have been there, people have done that, especially if you're going out of the country. I feel like when I went to Florence, some friends recommended restaurants that were very good. 
uh, it, was, it was nice to have some references. Yeah, I, of, think like, o- online. I think overall it's a good thing, but you sometimes it's a risk reward calculation that. Yeah. Yeah. But the planning is the best. I almost thought you might, you were possibly going to slam me after last week for this, for, for the planning, because it's technically not, you're not traveling, but it's a part of the whole process. It's, it's part, of part, the process. Of, part of the whole process. Charles plans. Charles plans? You, he was the superintendent of our school district. <laughs> I like how you said that, waiting for me to be like, oh, the superintendent? Charles Flans. He was sure. a big reference point in, you know, in high school. Whenever you made plans, you'd say, Charles. Charles Plans. Charles. Chuck Plans. I feel like the superintendent in high school always felt like he, he was like a big wig. Oh, yeah. The superintendent's coming to the meeting today. He's coming to the, it's coming to the, uh, the assembly. Everyone, everyone wear their best stuff. Oh yeah! If the superintendent was coming, you had to have charcuterie. Yeah. yeah, it was like a level of eliteness that no one else in the whole operation had. What other things have super in their job title? Superman, super bad, superintendent, and apart apartment superintendent. Similar, similar uh, class distinctions. Absolutely, that's just the super soup Nazi. Yeah, it's pretty good. That was my number nine, the planning. My number eight is getting lost the first couple of days you're in a new place, not having your bearings, exploring. This doesn't, doesn't happen as much anymore because we have our phones and Google Maps. But I went on a couple of family trip. I went on one family trip to Italy and we remember getting massively lost and my sister having like a mental breakdown. And like, like we, we were like kind of stranded at, after dinner. Like there were no taxis. And it felt like adventurous. It felt like we, I mean, we eventually just like walked towards the hotel and, and figured it out. But especially in Italy, so many windy streets, you don't know where you are. I, I remember not feeling like scared during those times, feeling like this is awesome. This is like, we're in like a movie. We're, we got to figure it out. Summer Sanders. And it's, uh, I, I kind of like, I kind of miss those days without having our phones and uh, being able to just use our eyes and ears and mouth. I love that. And it's a great one. And that's what I try to do all the time. And I think it's, and I try to tell people you, you've, you've heard me on this podcast and in life once in a while. Yeah. I'm a big map guy. I bring maps. Usually I don't like to ever, I mean, phones, sometimes you can't do it with your data. Yeah. You wait, you know, it's a million dollars to do it. One of my greater accomplishments, we went to Rome with my family like four years ago now. And we went to the Coliseum and I was able to walk us back. We had just got that. I was able to walk us back from like where we went without maps. And that's impressive because yeah, it's all about, we have the skills as humans. That's the only reason why we're like, I mean, it's not the only reason, but it's one of the major reasons why we're the dominant species on the planet is because we have skills of navigation. We have them as a species. We just don't use them because it's easier to look at a phone. I think you were able to do that at the Coliseum because you were at the Coliseum and the whole time you weren't really enjoying it. You're just like, how am, how am I going to take us back? You're, you're, yeah, you're, pretty, you're pretty much. You were mapping it out in your brain and you're like, all right, let's, you guys want to go back? You guys ready to get out of here? Like, Lance, we just got here. Pretty much. My number seven, haven't gotten one of these in a long time, but I, I still love it. It's passport stamps. I think it's a great mark of a, of traveling, obviously outside of the country and able to flip through your stamp, passport stamp book, get to reminisce like, oh, remember when I went here? 
it kind of is like a badge of honor. Like you're, you're a, a world, you're global. You're, you're a worldly person. Um, yeah. And I, I can't wait to get a couple more stamps in my passport book. When I get stamps on my passport, I feel like a superintendent. Exactly. You feel untouchable. You feel like a superhero. Yeah. Yeah. When you said I haven't gotten this in a while, my first thought was Quiznos. It's my number six. Not it's Quiznos. Yeah. That's a good one. I don't know. There is something uh, I never I did I had never left other than Canada, which I don't think you get your passport stamped for Canada. I don't think so. Um, I never left the country until uh, junior year of college when I went abroad and then I went to a lot of places. And I don't think I've left the country again. Went to Italy. Oh no, like two times. And then, yeah, a few times, I guess, depending on what, what, um, even that it makes I, it more special. Even if you don't do that often, I feel like when you get that stamp, it's, it's one of those things to me where it's like, there's so many pages and it's never that many stamps. So it makes me feel like how I feel on Instagram. Like there's always someone who's better than me. <laughs> wow. That's something you should talk about with your therapist. Yes, you're my therapist. So how does that make? Well, I don't think we need to get into it now. Maybe, maybe next you year. said we should talk about it. Well, if you really want to analyze it, you're you're projecting. You're projecting that you're not as good as as people who have more stamps than you. But what's what your own experience? Why? Why well, are you I'm not, saying. Why are you I'm not good enough? Because that's if that's the metric of of being good enough. Uh, but so I don't like it. I say I don't like this metric of, of self-worth. But I'm not, I'm not saying the more stamps, the better person you are. I'm saying if you have two stamps, I, I still think it's great. I think it just shows you have two cool stamps. You chose to go to two special places. Great. No one... <laughs> All right. Oh, and also there was a Quiznos at the Miami airport. It was closed, but there was a Quiznos. Miami That's airport, good. worst airport I've ever been to. Yeah, I've been to the airport a few times having to fly and it is, it might be the worst airport. I mean, yeah, it's the worst airport I've ever been to. By, by far, horrible. It's like the second vaccine dose of airports. <laughs> I can see that. Not, but not as useful in the long run, even though it, it gets you places. It gets you, it lets you travel. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty similar. That's a good, that's a good metaphor. That was my number seven. My number six is a trip traveling being really the only thing I think that allows you to mentally pause from your current reality in a physical way. You have a situation, you have a life that you live and a trip is, I'm just going to step away from this for two days for a week. And it's important to be able to do that. And we live in a world where even if we're taking trips, we're on our emails, we're on our foot. You know, we're not totally doing that, but I think the concept of a, of a trip, of a vacation is largely that. I mean, it's new experiences and, and travel and all that, but it's also mentally taking a break. Love that. Give me a break of that KitKat bar. It's a great one, especially because I feel like for the most part, everyone in your orbit, in your like your circle, feel probably knows you're going on a trip. So they kind of like, oh, Lance has gone away for a week or Jesse's going away to Miami for a week. Like, Either will just, I don't know, they, they give you some space or they don't have to reach out to you or, you know, it's, it's a nice thing. Get, get in and have a, a little uh, 
different reality. I, mean, I, I usually don't tell anyone. You don't tell anybody. So like someone's I'll tell, like, I'll tell Kate. So Kate's usually coming with me. You tell your parents? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, what I, that's what that's what's. I don't. Funny. I don't remember if I told them if I like when I went to Lowell, for example. I mean, that was a weekend. Wow. I told them when I came back because I called them the day I came back, but I don't remember if I told them before I left. Okay. They listen to the pod now, though. Shout out to the pod Madre and Pod Father. True. Do you want to give your mom a uh, a nickname? Pod Madre is good. Okay. We all had nicknames growing up, and she was just mom. One time we tried to call her Jay Wow. Her name's Jennifer, but she didn't like it at all. Didn't stick. No. Good for her for shaking that off. Sometimes you're given a nickname, you can't shake it off. Taylor Swift, but she was able to. Shake I think it if off. you're the mom of family, you could say, You're not calling me that. <laughs> yeah. Very true. I mean, everyone at my summer camp called me Bobby. I didn't like that, but it stuck for you. 10, weren't, 10 you years. weren't feeding them. I was feeding them bits, but not, not. Not bread. Yeah. All right. So my number five is, I'm going to call it culturally dipping yourself in. Sure. This is kind of what you're talking about. Just it, it just getting food. I like you're just walking and you overhear someone talking in the language. And, you know, I'm always trying to be like, what are they saying? What's, what's the deal? Different customs. If you're in a pharmacy in a different doesn't have to be a different country it could be a different part of the country seeing what snacks there are seeing how people interact seeing the hats people wear sports teams that people wear on their shirt it's just you're and part of traveling of course is that you are experiencing a different way of life it depends i mean there's two aspects of traveling i think this is why airbnb is getting more popular there's the classic resort traveling where you're traveling and you're going to a place where other people are also traveling and it's like not a reality place Mm -hmm. it's like this is a resort everyone here this is for vacation everyone here is on vacation trying to get pampered trying to get trying to get pampered trying to get some road sodas and then there's the traveling where you're and not really exactly, but more so experiencing life the way someone in that location might experience it more accurately. Sure. And that I always like more. I'm not a not a big resort guy. Did you ever, when you were single, but, do any hostel trips? Like stay in a hostel? Uh, abroad. When I, when I went to Copenhagen and we traveled all around Europe, we stayed in a bunch of hostels. That's one thing I, one time, I, wish, I wish I did. It could be pretty hostile, though. I mean, I stayed in, like, I remember in Amsterdam, the one we stayed in was, like, 60 people in a room. It was kind of weird. You have to be, like, 20 years old and drunk to do it. Right. There was one hostel we stayed in. Uh, my friend, he's been on, I've referenced him before. Spolstra? I don't know. Not Spolstra. Call him Fabian. Okay. Sounds uh, familiar. Yeah. We we traveled a bunch when when I went to Denmark and we stayed at a hostel in Budapest and we're the only two people in the hostel. And it was kind of cool. That's amazing. But then (laughs) we were sleeping. It was like 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. one night and someone opened the door. Yeah. And I think Fabian woke me up and he was like, there's someone here. 
and I was like drunk and I didn't really care. And I was like, ah, whatever. If they kill us, it's fine. Right. And then they were just staying in the hostel. I don't, that's what I've heard. You don't really get good sleep. People always coming in and out. At at this age, at this age, you're, you've, the boats, it's over. Boats and nose. Yeah. Yeah. You got a lot of liquid in you. A lot of wobbly liquid. Because of boats? Yeah. The boat sailed on that bit. The boat got canceled. The boat's coming back. The boat, the boat was like Louis C.K. I think the boat will have another chance. I thought it was about to happen and then it got canceled because the engine broke. Full circle. Yeah. Cruise line, full circle. Carnival. That was your number six? My number five. And my number four is simply the smells of a new destination. Wow. This isn't what you get, you know, with your photos. Sure. Are you smelling the bread? Are you smelling the, the piss in the street like New York? Are you smelling the nuts on the uh, roasting? Are you smelling the glass money of the superintendent's building? Right. Because the smells are distinct. I think that where I live in Brooklyn smells way different than what the Lower East Side smelled like. It's wow. the same city. Wow. And we don't, we don't care about our senses enough in, in this world. And I'm here to bring back smells. You're bringing Smelly back. I love it. You're using your schnoz. Didn't even think about it, but it's so true. And something you got to be conscious of. I mean, I think I was conscious of in Miami. I love the smell of the ocean, smelling the sea breeze. Exactly. That's a huge motivator of why you like it so much. Right. But it's not something I didn't think about that in my anticipation of the trip. Something once once you're engulfed in the new place, you're like, oh, wow, it smells great here. It smells different. It's a great one. We place so much emphasis on pictures, which is literally just sight. That's the only sense that it that it gives you. I wonder if there You're was not an app. sounds. It sounds is also smells and sounds. I mean, you could say if there was an app that could re give you a smell of a certain thing. No uh, app. That's a great one. That's deep. That's very vibes and energy. I enjoy it. My number six is the people you meet when you're traveling. I feel like when you're traveling, you have a special connection with the people, especially if you're meeting new people. Either the, I'm not a big chatty guy on an airplane, but I've had a couple of encounters. I've started talking to somebody on an airplane, and the next thing you know, you're landing and it's, it kind of just flies by. Or you saddle up at a bar and you meet someone. I, I, I did that in Miami. My cousin was going out on a date and I went out on my own. And I just talked to a, actually, I, it was kind of a funny introduction. I had gotten some uh, some clams at this bar and I sat down next to a lady and didn't really uh, say anything, got some clams and I accidentally squeezed her with some lemon. I squirted some lemon on her and then and she was like, oh, and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then we started talking for a couple hours. Squeeze of a lemon, meeting somebody new. Also, I feel like when traveling to do comedy, when I meet other comics outside of New York, I feel like I have like a better, I better connection or I enjoy them and I kind of, keep more in touch or like them more than I like New York comics that I've known probably longer just because like you're in somewhere new and you're happier and you're like getting to know them more. You're more, I feel like when I'm traveling, I'm more social. So it's probably why I enjoy meeting more people. Yeah. It's a, yeah. I'm just trying to think of it's, I think it's different when you're traveling by yourself versus with a couple, like if you're a couple, sure. sure. Um, yeah, because we're not like, I guess we're sometimes we're meeting people, but we're not always meeting people. 
or we're meeting people like we did in France. Like I feel like on our honeymoon, like the people that stick out are the, our Airbnb hosts mm. uh, for one of like one of our uh, things. We did a cooking class and the, like the chef in the cooking class, mm-hmm. but we didn't really, because you're not, you're not, a, you're not really going at going, you're not going out. Right. That's true. With the same fucking haircut. <laughs> Jay, wow. Didn't see that coming. But I feel like when you go on the road with the, the Raybold brothers, you probably meet some wacky people. Oh yeah. You're meeting people. Yeah. It, that's a different thing. I, yeah. And comedy traveling for comedy meeting people you're always yeah. meeting all sorts of wackadoodles yeah going to comedy like, festivals meeting, yeah meeting new comics i've had some of the best times meeting new people at comedy festivals i always don't i i like meeting new people and talking to people i like crowds then although after shows sometimes i feel like there's always that pressure to perform mm. like they liked you and you're so thankful that they came i'm always so thankful that audience members come yeah. So I don't ever want to be like rude or mean, but also like, do we have to drive home? Do I want to be in this conversation for more than, you know, do I have to like be the, the fun comedian? Yeah. I'm not right. that person. So right. it, it depends, but yeah, it's good. I one. get it. I mean, I was a, just, part of your tour guide. Probably oh yeah. I actually like, I like meeting people on the tour guide thing because it's like a and those are all travelers it's all travelers yeah Yeah. i guess i meet a ton of people doing that right i actually really like that yeah those people are probably more social than they may have not normally been because they're they're traveling you'd be shocked at how social i am as a tour guide i can see it you're a charismatic guy thank you (laughs) as your therapist i know you better than you know yourself you're stamping some countries on my passport i'll tell you that exactly filling up those sheets my number five is waking up in a new place and having the feeling of having a full day in front of you somewhere new. Love that. Especially like the first day when you arrive and you kind of wake up and you forget, don't realize that you're, you're not at home and you're like, oh, look, look where I am. Somewhere new. I got a full day to explore. Waking up in the morning somewhere new is one of my best feelings, especially when you're traveling and you have exciting plans it's just it's more anticipation yeah it's a good one although a counter to that it's not really a negative but if you're going on a trip for like three days the first day it's like full possibility and then you wake up the second day and you're like oh this is almost over we just got here the last day wake up is the worst the last day i was in miami i was very i was i was down i was blue i was anxious hated it your your advice news yeah, Miami, Miami Vice. Miami Vice. Also, I didn't, I didn't have one pina colada down there. You'd be proud good, of me. Good for you. Thank you. A couple lollipops. I'm not, I'm no saint. No, but I, no, no, no pina coladas. My number four, you, you had this. It's, it's the culture thing. Learning about a new culture or a group of people in real time in their actual environment, in their habitat. You're seeing the sports they, they, the sports they eat, the food they root for. I absolutely love it. The drinks they drink, the, the customs, the clothing they wear. I love it. We talked about it, the culture. You Don't imagine, you? oh, it's like if I lived here, this is the life I would lead. Exactly. I, I could live here. I, I can see myself doing this after a couple of days. Probably would want to go home. But it's a nice thing. 
it's nice to and, see it, it kind of i feel like makes you realize you're that the world is a big place and that like there's other people here not just you yeah and the stuff that you fixate on and the stuff you think everybody does all the time maybe that's not so true and always impo- always important to get that perspective that's why i think traveling is it should be a requirement for everybody a minimum to, to get out of their comfort zone because it really opens your eyes yeah i mean if you can you know it could be depending on what some traveling is very inexpensive but you know planes for one true are uh moolah moulin rouge yeah that's my number it's your number four surely temple my number three is the first meal in a new place when you've just gotten there and you haven't eaten and you are starving wow wow interesting interesting do you have this like do you, I, this I, experience i mean not on your list i've had this experience for sure but it can go a lot of different ways i don't have this on my list but i feel like it could either be like oh my god we're starving and we've had such a long day like feed me anything or it could be like and you're like in like a bad mood and you're desperate or it could be like excitement like oh i love the meal. desperation though because it it just creates like you're exploring but you have purpose and I, I just love it. I don't know. I am specifically thinking of when the first time Kate and I went to LA, we got there and it was like a 7 a.m. flight and we got there at like, I guess 10 because or 11 and our Airbnb, we couldn't check in yet. So, and we had to like kill time also. We couldn't just eat. We had to kill time. So we went to the Grove, I've heard like of that mall in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And we ate at one of the restaurants and we were also both like so tired. Like delusional? And yeah i love that like tired delusion and eating and then like she asked me something and i was like huh but i said it like really loudly because i was so tired and like ever like six tables around us like looked that's the kind and, of lance that i want to i want to i want to be be around i want to be with the huh, lance i think that was the moment that she decided to marry me <laughs> i would marry you also and then like they we one of us like they, they took our parking ticket because we thought it was garbage. And then we had to like go back and get the parking ticket. But I've had that experience. Like when we got to Nice, we had this big meal because we were hungry before we climbed. What was that? You know, the mountain? Mount Kilimanjaro? Yeah. Um, and I almost pooped my pants. I right. ate and then almost. But right. I, I like I doing that. It's, it's great. Like, whenever we get to Florida, usually we'll go straight to the bagel store. That's the first thing we do. Bagel works? It's like Brooklyn, Brooklyn bagel, Brooklyn water bagel, Brooklyn water bagel. I think. Yeah. It's on uh, military classic military road. Yeah. That's a great one. Definitely had many experiences like that. The, the, the tired, hungry feeling, everything tastes better. You're not thinking straight. It's a great one. My number two is you're not going to like this, but it's a really good one. I think it's the moment you had enough and you're ready to go home. I thought about this. I'll let you. I'll let you talk about it. I thought about this. I'll, I'll let you talk. I, but I, I want to let you know I thought about it. One of the great. I, things, I have. Th- I, I was thinking about it. <laughs> I, I will say this. <laughs> I'll let you speak, but I want to let you know I, I had thoughts. One of the great things about travel is that you're getting outside of your comfort zone and all of that, and you're experiencing something new. But it also makes you appreciate what you have. It makes you appreciate routine. It makes you appreciate 
a certain rhythm that you've grown accustomed to, which might not be perfect, but it's your rhythm and it's the rhythm that you've created for better or for worse against your will a little bit actively, a little bit also. And whenever I've traveled for too long or have done something for too long, I say, I I just want to go home. I want to like, not in a bad way, but like, I appreciate home more than I did when I left. And having that appreciation is extremely valuable. I agree with that. I agree with that. I just, I I feel like I've had the majority of the time I've wanted to be like, I wish I could be be here one more day, wish I could do. I always, I've had plenty of trips, especially I did one trip with Wack Goldberg. We we did a post-college trip together, me and him. I was like, I can't wait to get out of here. This guy's being whack. This guy's hitting elevator buttons. But I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of like, especially this Florida trip, I was like, I, I, I wish I could be here one more day. But when I got home today, when I was like, oh, I, I love my apartment. I love Storia. I, I like being home. I, I'm grateful for it. But it, I guess it depends on that feeling. The feeling of I, you're saying that feeling is the last day. You're like, all right, I'm ready to go. It can be the last day. Sometimes it comes earlier, which means the trip probably wasn't that good. That's what but, I mean. it's usually a bad trip when you're like, I can't wait to go home. But sometimes like even from, and Kate will agree with this, like our honeymoon, like we got home, we were able to go to the grocery store, just like being able to be on like a eat what you want to, you know, not spending money in like certain ways and yeah. just getting back yeah. to like being able to work out the way that you usually like to work out, like that type of thing. Like you build a life a certain way for a reason and traveling is great, but after a while, I mean, there are people who travel all the time, but there's also people who like, I think traveling too much is probably not good for you. I can see that. Depends on the person. Depends on the person. Some people are just nomads. That's when they thrive or, or, you know, they just don't have a home. They don't have a home base. Some people live above Madison park, but like below 35th street. Nomad. Did not even, did not even put that two and two together. That was it's a, fake, it's a fake neighborhood that they made up in what the last eight years. Yeah. My number one. What is my number one? Me? Oh, it's, it's you're you're up there. My number one is walking around the city. Wow. Or a, or a city or like a nature. So this could even extend to when Seidel and I went on this hike of a mountain, like walking around a new place, going on the census theme. It's, uh, I mean, I guess you're not, you can be eating, but it's when you're, all your senses are working in unison and you're just in the place in the most natural way. And that's kind of what I remember when I go to places. It's what I enjoy doing. It's what Kate and I do when we go to places. It's what I do myself. If I'm doing a comedy show, like even with the Raybolds, like sometimes like we'll get to the place and I'll just like walk around just to, you know, dip myself in and see see what it's it's the ultimate version because you're you're getting your also if you're, you're traveling with a group or someone else like i don't know you're i'm sure you're like this um if you're traveling with a friend or even or with your family you need you can't you can't be with the other people 24 7 you need your own time definitely and it's so important and going on a walk is is a way to do that too thousand percent this is why we're braised brethren lance walking is my number two 
yeah, it's it's my favorite part of of traveling. It's my second number two favorite part about traveling. Love to walk, love to walk the walk and talk the talk. And I sometimes get anxious if like I'm I'm in a group of people and they're like hanging out too much and I haven't like especially when we get to right when you get to a place and you, I haven't explored enough. I'm like I gotta walk around. I gotta like see where we are. I need to get my bearings. It, it feels like especially long walks and exploring. It feels like you're kind of balancing out the big meals. It's a little bit of exercise. You're exhausted by the end of the day, which is a great feeling as well. You're, you've been walking all day and night. You're counting your steps. And now you're counting your steps. It's fantastic. Yeah. The worst is you ever travel with like a group of people and they get to the place and start like watching TV. I, that is my nightmare. I, I, I'm trying to remember. I've, I've had that with some people and I, and it, it gives me a panic attack. Like I, I've like, I need to, I need to know where we are. I need to like be out of here and explore. I do that a lot with comedy shows and comedy. Like you arrive somewhere, like I just need to walk around and, and look around. Yeah. You get there and they're like, let's watch diners, drive-ins and dives. Why don't you go to one? Yeah. Let's go check it. check it out. <laughs> that's, that's one thing I feel, I, I wish cause we like growing up around New York. I can't imagine a tourist coming to New York and how much fun walking around is for the first time. Must be mind blowing. Must be insane. It's probably a lot though. I feel like there are a lot of people who are just totally overwhelmed by it. That's the sense I get sometimes when I'm giving tours, when it's someone's first time in New York, they don't know how, they don't even know what to do. It's like, especially if you live somewhere, you know, not even a major city. It's so, it's so much. You're not even going to touch the surface on your first trip. If you're staying for a weekend, even for a week. You're not even going to lick the floor. Not if you're not a, a savage. Yeah. Love a lot. Yeah, but I, I hate, it's like when you go somewhere and people just like want, want to like hang out and watch TV. Can't or if they want to like do heroin. Like can't Christopher Moltisanti. Christopher. Get the, I'd rather have some gabagoo go for a walk. Yeah. Christopher got to Italy and started doing heroin. Not great. Not good. He needed a therapist. He could use Tony's therapist. That's a great one. That was number one, walking. Yes. My number three, another pre-traveling feeling. And I went back and forth about it, but I, it's one of my favorite things. And I was talking about how proud of myself I was about my packing job. It's the feeling once you're done packing. I usually do it the night before. You, you, you zip up that suitcase and you're like, look at me. I'm an adult. I'm packed for my trip. I, I, I plan, I, I, I thought about putting certain clothing into a bag. I'm packed up. It's a great feeling. It's like now things are, it feels like things are real. I'm packed up. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. It's my number three, Lance. You're not packing, are you? You're not, you're not packing. You're a guy who just brings the clothes on his back and you buy new clothes. <laughs> yeah, that's me. You know me. That. To me, it's, it's not the end of the getting there. It's like I've not accomplished anything until I've like landed. I feel like you got, you got to wake up. You got to get to the, if you're taking a flight, you got to get to the flight. You got to get to the train. You got to, I feel like there's too many more steps. So the, I don't it's mentally. the first step of like, this is, this is the start of the trip. This is like, that suitcase is packed up. Things are about to get real. I feel like up until that moment, things are like, it's it's the the anticipation. The it's thoughts. when you it's when you personally start entering vacation mode. Exactly. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Seeing that bag, it's like, oh man, I can't wait. Number two with the walking. Talked about it, and then number one, 
it kind of goes with the, the the cultural cultural part. But number one is the local food, local food specialties. I had a Mark Cubano in Miami. Had a Philly cheesesteak in Philly, paella in Queens, paella in Spain. I love trying local food specialties, asking the locals their favorite foods, trying things I haven't tried, seeing what everyone loves. I feel like it opens your eyes and their taste buds and your senses. And uh, it's, I think it's a huge part of going of traveling is the food and the local food. I think it's a really good one. The only thing I would say to that is two different things. Not that it's not a really good one. It is a really good one. But that especially one living in New York, you get access to any food, any culture, region, food pretty much in the world. Um, so you don't have to necessarily travel to have the food. You have to travel to have the environment in which it is meant to have, to be had. Um, and then also sometimes you go to places and it's just like the same, the same places. You go to That's anywhere it, in yeah. America, it's the same, you know. Or if you, you, if you go to... And it's their specialty, and you're like, this ain't so special. But that's but then it's, it's interesting. It's like, oh, they, I, they love this, but to me, it's nothing. I find that interesting. Yeah. I, I'm like, okay, this this isn't necessarily necessarily for me. But I'm talking about like, I don't know. You could go to you're gonna find a strip mall. You're gonna find the pizza places, and there's always you're find the Longhorn Steakhouse. You're gonna find the Chili's. It's like right. to me, there's like a sense of sameness that's pervasive in a lot of America, sure. at least. And I see, um, and seek then, them out. Yeah. And then you go to places in the, in, yeah. So this is interesting too. I feel like there are some people, and especially I think when you're doing like comedy type stuff, number one comedy, it becomes that thing. Are you going for work or are you going for a trip? And if you, I think the more you do it, you don't want to be going for a trip. You want to be going for, for work and you don't want to be spending money. So you end up not like exploring as much. Sure. as you would otherwise which i think is a shame but also probably necessary sure um that's the best part about traveling for comedy is having the days open and having and exactly being able to explore exactly so i think it's like a a double entendre double entendre love an entendre eric entendre that's that's the title not even a contender that's the champion eric entendre okay. Eric and Tanjay the Giant. Um, that's, um, that's solid. That's very solid. Great top nine. Let's. We should go on a uh, trip together. I love you. Yeah, we should go on a trip together. I would love it. I think it would be chock full of nuts and bits. I think it would be Folgers. In my cup. Yeah, I'd go on a trip. It's, it'd be a couple road dogs, a couple junkyard road dogs. We'll do some shows. We'll braze on the road. That could be a good idea. The Braze Bits Tour. Yeah. Heard it here first, folks. Let us know. Any Brazerbacks outside of New York, bring us to your town. Yeah. Bring us to your your city. Love it. We'll eat eat at the Chili's. I love baby back ribs. Yeah. I love predictions. Well, good for you, Lance, because we have two fantastic predictors, Phil Jackson do. and Kate. And I like to I like to tout my own Longhorn. I gave Kate the second I knew this top nine, Lance. The first person I got on the horn 
the Longhorn was Kate. I had to let her know. I think I let her know before we even decided on this top nine, like two weeks ago, that we were doing top nine things about traveling. I'm glad. Mark, Malcolm Gladwell. Here comes Kate with some top nine LPPs. Lance Parker predictions. Planning and the weeks leading up to the trip when you're so excited. Yep. Bang, bang. Yep. Getting to try new foods, whether it's French food in France or barbecue in Kansas City. Ooh, yeah. Love that's, that's, that's the key. You can't have barbecue in France, but like you got to have French food in, in France. You think, you think there's barbecue in France? There's got to be, right? Uh, I'll ask uh, Jordan. That'll be interesting. Getting to experience a brand new place, culture, and remembering that the world is pretty big slash getting outside of your bubble. Yeah. That, yeah, I think that, yeah. I think yep. you, you had that for sure. Getting to stay in an amazing hotel or Airbnb and feeling like you're a rock star. I like that one a lot. I That's like a that good a one. I thought about something because hotels and Airbnbs are so different in the kind of feelings they elicit. Sometimes mm-hmm. when I stay in an Airbnb... I'm like, this is very cool, but I feel like I don't feel like a rock star, but in a hotel, hotels, like, hotel, you lives. feel like you're going to be multisanti and overdose and they're going to have to, you're going to have a big funeral. Exactly. Hotel, you get to like come back after a long day and they made your bed and left a little chocolate for you. Fresh towels. You feel, you feel like a, a million bucks. Feel taken care of. Yeah. For sure. Airbnb. Like Airbnb. The people staying at a house. What are they doing? Sharing a bathroom? <laughs> Sharing a kitchen? What are they me my house is an Airbnb? What are you doing? Bye bye, BNB. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not staying nowhere, BNB. I'm getting I'm getting in the air. 30 years ago, the world was different. It's not the same as that. Anything, any others from Kate? That was it. That was it? Braze on, Kate. Very solid. Phil Jackson comes in. He was getting restless. He messaged me Monday <laughs> and he asked, he asked what, what the deal was. Wow, he, a proactive said, Phil. Yeah, because I'm usually, I usually text him so early that he was concerned. And I said that we were still figuring it out. And I, wow. I wasn't going to leave him hanging like that. Feels like Phil may think he's on the hot seat a little bit, thinking that you know maybe we, we got another predictor in the mix. No, Phil just has his process, and our delayed uh, decision interrupted his process. So I think he got a little anxious. Hey, Phil, you know, he's a he's a neurotic writer. It's also you got to take some of your own medicine. Be the Zen master, Phil. Run, run this week, offense. This week, the sweet-footed artisan has us not focused on the destination, but the journey itself. No, Lance is cracking. Fill me up, Phil. Oh no! Oh my God! This is the first. The journey. You can't get through it. There we go. And he, Lance has read this before. We would presume. Your your reactions are are too funny. All right. I got nothing to react to here. Spit it out. <laughs> I can't look at you while doing this. <laughs> I'm just wearing my chef's whites. Listen right. to my, my guy, Phil. <laughs> the, the journey 
is where we find our sense of self and this then <laughs> truly materializes. <laughs> Happy to confirm my Zen extends itself to being fully vaccinated this week. Congrats. Phil. That has me raring and ready to travel. Love it. Pack my overnight bag, grab my lunch pail, and send me out to the bus stop. I'll pick you up, Phil. You're the bus. You're my bus friend. Without further ado, here's what Jay Iggs loves about expanding his horizons. Give it to me. Inhabiting a new environment, taking on a bit of a new vibe. Bang. Love a new vibe. Enjoying the local bites and drinks. Number one, Phil. Ride me. Know my body. <laughs> Munching on travel snacks. Oh, it's a great one. I love a travel snack. I love a packing a bag, putting a backpack of travel snacks. It's a kind bar, Phil. Catching up or watching entertainment you wouldn't have otherwise, like a shitty movie on a flight. Okay, I'm glad he put on the flight. Because if you were like in the hotel or in the Airbnb, I would have that would have been last comic standing. I have found that I, I like to listen to podcasts in the flight. I, I downloaded some New Girl episodes and I couldn't get through them. But maybe I, I've, I've watched movies on the, on the flight. Who's that girl? It's just, just passing through towns or cities you would have never considered otherwise. Exactly. Exactly, Phil. Love that. Get out of your comfort zone, Phil. Ride me. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> <laughs> bonus being a road dog you know i love being a road dog a junkyard road dog phil praise on phil jackson i might have to stop i it's too funny praise on phil you had a combination it, of phil's writing and your reactions is too much for me to handle it's too cold to hold praise on phil i think your reactions to my reactions is also what makes it great so we got to Grate that cheese. Keep it. Great. I gotta. I gotta get myself together. Get it together. You gotta. No more ads, but support the Braze Kitchen, the Pod Kitchen. We didn't talk we about a, Patreon at all. We're about to talk about it now. All right, I hope so. The Patreon is popping, Lance. We got piping hot material. If you go to Patreon.com/slash/BrazeBits, we have a bonus episode once a month. You get to watch every single regular episode uh, visually. In our Chef's Whites, which is an exclusive and two off menu episodes where we go out to restaurants, look at the menus, talk to a wacky waiter. Check us out on patreon.com slash braise bits. It's fantastic content. Fantastic content and support the pot. If you like what you're getting, you know, throw some shekels, shekels. our way. A couple shekels, never hurt nobody. It hurt your wallet, but it's to a good cause. Exactly. If you like the podcast and think it's worthy, you know, you understand the model. If you're listening to this, you've made it this far. You're not a pot, you're not a Patreon subscriber. What are you doing? You're, 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 I think you're like, doing what you're doing what most people do when they listen to podcasts. You got to really love a podcast to give it money, and I think that's a that's a fair bar. So, do you really love Braze Bits? This is the question. Joy Behar, do you love it enough where you want it to? Where you think the people who are behind it, which is us, uh, deserve money for it? That's really the trade-off. This is us, and we're gonna keep we're gonna keep plugging away and keep getting people to sign up. NBC, this is us. Bingo. We, we had a question this week. Oh, we have a question. 
we haven't had questions in a while. I think we had a bunch. We kind of stopped asking for them. But if you are a newer Brazerback, you are or an old Brazerback, you are welcome and encouraged to ask us questions. You could do this by messaging our Instagram, which is BrazeBits, uh, DMing it, right? Giving us a DM. Mm-hmm. Sending us a DM. Or you could email us. We have an email, BrazeBits at gmail.com. You ask us any question you'd like. If you don't want, we could give you a name that we make up. You could have your whatever you want, you know. Um, this week's question is from the pod nemesis, Eric Seidel himself. So this guy's getting two questions. This, this guy's getting two questions. This guy. Well, one question was like more a question for you. And one it was more question of a, was, the first question was an attack. It wasn't a question. It was a direct. No, it was a, it was a question. It was he a asked point. if you ever heard of a cooler. This, this is a question. You said it was a good question. This one. Okay. Do you remember? Of course. Seidel asks, when heating things in the microwave, ah, do yes. you hit 100 or 60 set? Do you hit 100 or 60 for a minute? Or 100 or 60 for a minute? No, one minute. Do you hit one minute or 60 seconds for a minute? Or one minute 30 or 90 for a minute and a half. So basically he's, he's saying, do you give it all the seconds or do you do the minute? It's a good question, I think. It's a good question because it opened my eyes up to the another another option that I had no idea about. You traveled. I traveled in my own brain. Great question, Seidel. Not an attack. Great question. For me, I'm a, I, put in for, I put in one minute. I put in 100 or I'll put in 130. I don't, that's how I go. I didn't even think about putting in 60 seconds or 90 seconds. I didn't even think you could do that. How does, how does it know not to, if you put in 60, that you don't want 60? I think some microwaves, you actually can't do this, but I've I've used microwaves where I've done this. So you can. Uh, I think maybe newer microwaves though, you might not be able to. I feel like they would like combust because they're like written by code. Right. Or whatever. They're connected to your fridge and your you know your brain and everything else i haven't we've talked about this i'm a superintendent when it comes to microwaves and i'm above them yeah, uh, no nukes for you or we don't we don't have it and not above it but we don't we don't use one and i it's something that we started doing like three years ago and i think it's just an upgrade there is yeah things sometimes you have to maybe wait a little bit longer but just the quality of you know you're putting things on the stove or um on the stove top is that what you say on the stove on the stove top or in the stove or in the oven or in the oven on the stove or in the oven right and things are better but you gotta you know there's obviously situations where microwaves are great and what i did is i really got to know my microwaves to the point where i'm not putting in 130 are you crazy i know the exact amount of time it needs for the for the specific food the size of the food the heat level I want. And I'm putting in like 137. I'm putting in 158 because I know exactly what I'm doing, but I generally would put one minute end. Right. I feel like that's probably, but I've done, I've done like a 68. Wow. Yeah. I would go 108.9. I wonder what does I say what he does? I could see him like putting in like fractions. He didn't reveal Parm, but I feel like, he either way i think he'd respect any decision i think he would really dislike if you switched it up ah yeah he likes consistency in that way got it 
That makes sense. Good question, Seidel. I won't knock it. Speaking of questions, anything questionable? At best, I got a bunch of quabs from my trip. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna spread them out. I'm gonna just do one today. Um, this is this quab happened. I went to a place in Brickle, I believe it was. I think it was Brickle. It's called Zach the Baker. A really great bakery in Miami. Um, it was like a place where you, there's like a, a window and you wait outside. It was really hot. There's like no no shade. Um, and my cousin and I, Demarcus, we we waited online probably for like 25 minutes. We get up. There's one two people in front of us. A one person's ordering. Then there's a woman in front of us waiting. And uh, we're getting excited. We're checking out the menu. A a guy walks. I'm a Jewish guy. He's wearing a yarmulke. So I'm, I'm just going to paint the picture. He's a Jewish guy. Jewish guy with a yarmulke walks up, sees this lady in front of us, goes, oh, hey. They, they know each other. They start, they start talking. They start um, reminiscing. How's the family? Oh, I love this place. Zach the Baker. This place is fantastic. They talk for like a couple minutes. The woman goes up to order. The guy cuts us. The guy just goes up right, right after us. The classic chat and cut from Kirby Enthusiasm. I've never seen such a blatant chat and cut in my life. Most aggressive. My, my cousin Demarcus was fuming. He, he, I think, wanted to fight this guy. And, and he like, was actively stopping himself from like, calling him out and like, arguing with him because he didn't want to like, you know, cause a scene. But I was angry as well. I, I, I feel like the moment we should have said something is when before we, we went up to the counter. But after that moment passed, we couldn't really have said anything. But I mean, this isn't even questionable. This is, but then after the fact, once we sat down, I was like, it is QAB, but I almost respect this Jew for doing that. What a ballsy move on this, on this guy for taking advantage of seeing somebody he knows. He saw the line behind us. He saw us sweating. He's probably had 30 minute wait in front of him. Saw this opportunity. Didn't hesitate. He took advantage of it. So I, I came full circle. It was anger, rage. And then it was like, hats off. You got to tip of the cap to him. Yeah, I. that's how I feel. You got to respect a move like that. It's the only, we, only possible reaction. You wouldn't be would angry in the moment? Not at all. Really? I would have, I, I think if you. Waiting in the sun, waiting in the hot. If heat. you have the skills to pull it off, which he did because no one called him out, right? You almost did, but he didn't. And the people behind us also like noticed it too. And uh, they were saying some anti-Semitic things. And we weren't, we weren't quite sure if he knew they knew that we were Jewish uh, as well. Yes. <laughs> but we were like going yes. along with it. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, I, I respect the move. Uh, I wouldn't do it personally, but I re- it's tough to complain about that, you know, when you don't pay for uh, bags at checkout. So. Oh, no. You cannot equate cutting a line to not paying a nickel. For a plastic bag, a nickel. If I had a nickel for every plastic bag you didn't pay for, I would have. I'm not hurting. I would have enough money to buy a Zach the Baker. Highly recommend Zach the Baker. Best locks I've ever had. Incredible. I'm just saying, everyone takes shortcuts in life, and this was this guy's, and it's an impressive move. I did. I was able to come around. And I mean, it, to it. me, it's also the same thing as when. Um, someone cuts a line of traffic and gets right to the end of the merger 
And wow, this you're pulling out all. Are, are you able to pull it in, or are you able to pull it off, or no? So, you're, you are, so then, you're saying you respect the the merger. You're saying you respect the guy who's who cuts the traffic. I respect the merger. That's like saying that the he drove from the back and then knew a car in the front. <laughs> so if you know someone who is a car in the front, then yes, it's a impressive move. Okay. Okay. Well, did not see that coming from you. I thought this would this would light a fire in your belly. It feels like this would be. A I guy. personally would never do it, but I respect the move. Imagine going to your local uh, meat meat shop, your local butcher, and a guy. Paisanos, like, I was there this morning. Yeah, go to Paisanos, and a guy sees a, uh, you know, Ricky from from his hometown in the front of the line, right in front of you. There's a big wait, and he said, "Ricky, what's going on?" And he just cuts you. Do you respect that? Yeah. All right, we'll see. One of these days, might come back around. Okay. My QAB is, uh, I feel like you probably heard about this. This, uh, it, it, it was announced Sunday. It was, it fell apart last night. You heard about this European Super League of, of soccer? Have didn't not hear about it at all? Didn't hear anything. Interesting. It was all over the sports news. I guess you were on the trip, so you weren't really like following. Kind of, yeah, it was unplugged. Yeah, you were MTV. You were, yeah, you were MTV. So tough to explain. I don't want to make it boring, but on Sunday, 12 European soccer teams, so six from the English league, three from the Spanish, and three from the Italian league announced the formation of a European Super League. Um, and this would be a league that these 12 teams would participate in. And they would be permanent members of this league. There'd be 20 teams. They were the 12 founding members along with three others that they expected to join and that it was going to be this new thing. And the important aspect of this, it's kind of difficult to really explain in a few minutes if you don't know how, but the way soccer works now, European and pretty much all soccer around the world, except for the U S maybe a few other places, but all like major soccer, there's each country has a league, right? Mm -hmm. And within that league, there is a pyramid. Uh, it's like, it's called like the English football pyramid, for example. I've talked about this before, but you have like the, the premier league, sure. the league two, league three, et cetera. And if you say you're in the second league, right? Top three teams get promoted to the next league. The bottom three teams get relegated to the next league. One of the ultimate competition things is if you finish in the top four, for right. example, in the Premier League, you get to play in the Champions League, which is the European League. Um, if you finish four through or five and six, you get to play basically in the second tier of champion, different Europe League, but it's like not as like the NIT to the NCAA tournament type thing. Gotcha. So basically qualification for all of these things is based on merit. Uh, if you, that's a good one. I drove on the Merritt Partway the other the other week to get to Seidel. It's windy. It is. It's a good drive, though. Fun drive. Got to pay attention. And I've realized as this whole thing, I'll send you some articles about it. As this whole thing has started happening, I realized. So basically, this new league, these teams in it would not be able to ever be relegated from it. So they're creating essentially an American-style league where it's like 30 teams, you know, right? And that's it. Got it. Um, I realized that this is part of the reason why 
like, I think I've really gravitated towards soccer because I think the model is just so much better. Right. Imagine, imagine, you know, if the Knicks, I mean, they would be relegated to like the fourth league by now. Um, But it just makes the stakes of every game so much more important. Um, I feel like in like, you know, in American leagues, really the only thing, you know, obviously if you care about your team, you want your team to do well, but it's really, are they going to win the championship or not? Right. That's basically it. And so this kind of was the antithesis of what um, every, every soccer kind of structure has ever stood for. Um, And this was announced by these 12 owners. And the thing was, they never consulted with players, never consulted with coach, never, no one knew about it. They just announced it. And every single, every single person imaginable came out against it. Governments, Boris Johnson was going to enact laws. Uh, Macron, same thing. Um, Players of teams that were like, uh, man, like managers of, 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 of teams that were in this said, this is terrible. This flies in the face of everything that wow. you know, soccer what stands for. Sorry. What a debacle. What a, what a yeah. public. Uh, and the reason why they did it is because they would be able uh JP is going to be financed by JP Morgan. They're going to give all these teams like, it was like a $4 billion start. Like, you know, they were just going to be uh, able to make more and more and more money. And the more you read into it, it's kind of just transferring this really what's an American ownership model of sports where it's a business and it's just about making money as opposed to like what the actual sport means right. in give a way. The, like a give the opportunity team. to the smaller markets to it, win. Exactly. And there's a ton of problems with, with soccer now in terms of that, right? The, the teams that are like Manchester United, right? They're never really going to get relegated. It, they, it's possible. It's a possibility, but it's very unlikely right. based on the amount of money they right. have. But there's teams that, you know, were in the city city has, 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 uh, I've noticed that they've gotten better. And yeah, they were not as, yeah, they were a lower team and they, a lot of these teams, like, um, you know, they, they start out in one league and then they, they due to their success and due to their good decisions, they're able to, due to the way the club is run, they're able to kind of rise. The opposite also happens. Some teams when they're poorly run, basically if you, you're rewarded for doing well and you're punished for doing badly. That's fascinating. And, um, the public went nuts and then they- every, every single person that you could imagine, I don't think anyone was for it. And basically all these te- the English teams, re- like they, 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 they realized that they couldn't go forward. How soon I mean, did the they players, reverse the decision? 48 hours. Wow. And it, it kind of was this thing where it's like the only people who wanted this was these like 12 people, basically 12 people, the rich guys, the rich guys. And it's kind of like a microcosm of where the world is going. But I thought this was encouraging because where you are creating these things where it's like, who is this actually for? It's for 12 rich guys to get richer. And literally be, the only reason this didn't happen is because literally everyone possible you was think- against it. Like I, I didn't see this on social media, but do you think that this is a, a, a good, a, one of the good fat features of social media that everyone was able to complain about it online? I, the, I don't think, I don't think social media would have, if there's no social media, I think the same outcome would have happened. 
in the newspapers and the newspapers the pundits pro their protest they're at protests you know at these uh stadiums and stuff it feels like usually it took 48 hours usually like there's like a three-day news yeah it, it might take like a little it might have taken a little shorter but you, do you think or a little longer sorry you think of these 12 owners like waited like a couple of weeks and kind of just weathered the storm that people would have just kind of been like, all right, this is the new reality or I don't think so. I think because, because politicians got involved, like anyone you could imagine was against it. There were going to be laws that were going to prevent. One of the things was that like the governments were in, I don't know if they actually would have done this, but like the UK was going to draw withdraw funds for police at events, uh, wow. in these games. So it was like that serious. And to me, it goes to show that like money, and I think you get that. You probably know what I'm talking about when you talk to certain friends. I feel like we're like maybe in finance or like kind of like that, and everything is viewed in the lens of money. Oh yeah. And this is an example of that. You can't do that because you're affecting so much more. I mean, one of the major arguments against this is these teams would have got so much richer, but the, every other team that like towns are dependent on you know this is a huge industry yeah towns are dependent on everyone's dependent on and why would any players having... not want to play for those teams not want to play for those 12 teams it would affect the talent level it affect everything yeah and just kind of really the principle of like what it's for that's um, fascinating yeah i'll send you some stuff on it but it's it's the whole thing's really interesting and the fact that the fact that one they did it two they did it like the way they did it. Like, cause obviously if they consulted anyone, right. They would have been like, that's, no, that's, that's the craziest horrible. part is I wonder if they had any idea of the, this kind of reaction that they would have. I'm sure a I certain they, level, but they obviously didn't think that it, politicians would get involved and that the people that would, it would be reversed in 48 hours. They were probably expecting a negative reaction, but not to this extent. They wouldn't have and done it. It shows how, you know, out of touch, you know, you could be when money is the driving force. And it also is like, it really is, you know, I, I like living in America. I'm not going to leave. There's obviously a lot of problems with, with the country. Uh, one of the problems is like the way money, like thinking about the, like the owners are actually, a lot of these owners are American. One of the owners of, the owner of Arsenal is, you know, Stan Kroenke, yeah. that was his name? The Rams guy, or yeah, the Rams guy who left. Yeah. It's just all business. And like, I, there, there, I read one article that was talking about how the only, like the closest thing to this was all the college football and basketball conference re- realignments right. that happened like 10 years ago right. where no one was really for it. It like ruined leagues and rivalries right. and kind of the spirit of what things were for. But the big but, people make money. Like probably the TV networks make money, the owners yeah. make money. And so no one else can really say anything. And no one could really go against it. And then, but in, in, uh, in Europe, it was able to, to happen, which is, that's great the, though, that, that, yeah. that didn't happen eventually then that people uh the public was able to sway the rich to not do it i guess they didn't have a choice it was yeah it was literally i mean it was at this point it was like 12 people maybe you could say 50 people against hundreds of millions it's, it's interesting and that's it we've talked about it too long mo money mo let's bring in the closer okie doke let's bring in mo rivera okie doke a two I want two, three, four. Beats. 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 Beats.
shout it to Brace Bits. We got, if you're listening to this, the day this comes out on Friday, April 23rd, Lance and I will be at the Bronx River Yacht Club, a.k.a. the Village Lancer, and a.k.a. the Comedy Shop on the 7 p.m. show together. Yeah. So if you're listening to this at 5 p.m., take it off. You know, take off your clothes, put on new clothes, and come to the Lancer. Come hungry for some bits. We'll be serving them up. I'm not good at stand-up yet, but it'll be interesting to see me sweat, get hot. Other than that, support the Patreon and uh, send us a question. Yeah, support the Patreon. Send us a question. Patreon.com slash BraiseBits. I'm at the Lantern a bunch. Uh, I think, so this is Friday 23rd. The next weekend, I'm there on the Friday night. I'm not there on the Saturday. That's Up it. On dope. Thanks for everybody listening. We love you guys. Love you too. Wow. You just said love you too? To, to the general people. I think that was to me. Was to the gen- general population. Boys to me. Ooh. <laughs>